I'm sure many of you here have experienced that you've had to go on to plan, as my dad would say, plan 32Z, because things kind of maybe fell apart, and uh, you know, last minute things come up, right? And, and so uh, you've had to punt a little bit here, and so, man, God is good though, he's gracious, and uh, um, it's a good thing that Jesus' birth, it wasn't plan 32Z, it wasn't even plan F or plan B. It was always plan A, perfectly executed at the right time for us. Isn't that good news? You know, we uh, just heard there about uh, 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 the, 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 the shepherds and the, and the wise men. We heard about the, the, just the historical journey, the thousands of years of time taking for God to unfold his plan in order for his son to come. Various people came for the birth of Jesus the wise men came farthest, of course, and, and the shepherds not too far outside of Bethlehem. What was on my heart as I was praying about sharing tonight was the reality that these shepherds, as they came and as they visited Jesus and, and Mary and Joseph, they were filled with wonder, and of course, they had the visitation of the angels, and that's pretty epic. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I hadn't been visited by any angels. Um, I mean, my wife's pretty close, but uh, uh, that's right. Merry Christmas. That wasn't in the script. That's pretty legit stuff, and, 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 and to behold that... And to wonder, okay, something great is going on here. They come and they see this baby. They, they don't know. They don't fully understand what's going on. But they're, they're caught up in wonder. It's the word that's repeatedly used when we come to this story with Jesus. A little bit of disclaimer. Those of you who do not know me, I get a little bit passionate. So it might get a little intense here moments as I talk. The people, the shepherds experience wonder but they move on. They come and they see the baby Jesus, but they leave. And they go back about their business. They share with other people and they're filled with wonder as well. And yet they move on. The wise men, they came from far away. They knew this is significant. And they even knew that Jesus, this baby, was a king. Not just any king. Someone of another level. But they didn't know how significant. They didn't know that he was Emmanuel. They didn't know he was God with us. But they knew he was a king of kings. And they worshipped. They bowed down. Like that's not a small thing. To show that kind of deference, to get on the ground in front of a baby in a manger with the smell of urine and feces and all that. They, they worshipped him. And they moved on. <clears throat> Oftentimes, I feel, even in my own life, but for, for many of us, as we come to this time and this, this season, a celebration of Christmas, and we come to services like this, and we gather together as family, and there's, we're filled with wonder. We're filled 
with moments of awe, even worship. And we move on. Gen- December 26th comes around, and we engage in those same kinds of conflicts at home, holding the same kinds of grudges and bitterness, return to the same kind of self-centered life, doing the same things, caught up in the, in the same problems and patterns. We go about life back into our routine as if, as if Christmas never came. We move on. Oftentimes, I feel like at Christmas time, you know, we had a, a pageant with our kiddos earlier this week here, and it's such a cute thing. It's a fun thing. It's a beautiful thing. And we come and we love this. We love to see the story of Jesus played out in front of us. And it's almost like it's an exhibit at a museum. I don't know about you, but growing up, my parents liked to go to museums. And that was torture. I mean, it was real pain, <laughs> right? Like you go there and you see these still life things. And of course, there's a lot of plaques and they're stopping and reading. And, and, I, and I didn't like reading at all either. So that didn't help. And and, uh, you know, you're just kind of waiting for things to move on, and you see an exhibit, and it might be, oh, that's really fascinating, that's really intriguing, that's interesting. That's the Minnesota way of saying, well, we just say it about anything, right? That's interesting. Huh. And then we move on to the next thing. We move on to the next exhibit, and we move on. And it's just information. It's things that happened in the past. It's not relevant to me today. It doesn't impact me. And we move on. So I think like live nativity scenes are pretty fun and attractive because they're not sti- it's not just you know reading something. That's why we like the pageants. They're fun. It helps maybe bring some uh, some pizzazz, a little bit of life to it. But but nonetheless, it's still just it's just a pageant. And we get up and we leave and we go back to our life. But Jesus isn't an exhibit. His coming to us isn't so he can just be a spectacle and merely inspire wonder, merely inspire awe, and not just an occasional time of worship. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Is that something small? I want a response. We're going to be a little Baptist here. We're going to be bro- join our black brothers and sisters and get a little active here. God with us, is that small? No. no. You see, Jesus coming to us is not a spectacle to be seen. He's our Lord. His coming to us is, 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 is out of love for us, and he wants to live in us. He is alive now, and he wants to live in us day to day, every moment of every day. He wants to give us life. He's not a spectacle. But friends, we got to be honest that we treat him that way. We show up, and we move on. So much more. 
We know from history, we've seen the impact of Jesus entering into space and time and how history has radically been changed. Society has been changed. Justice has been instilled in ethics and character within human institutions because of Jesus. There is a holding back of the evil and the injustice within us because of Jesus. You see, when he came in his love for you and me, he came to show us that, 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 that we are created. You, you, you cannot deny that Jesus historically stepping into time and space. You know what? Nobody can deny the facts Jesus existed. We can't deny. That's, that's real. That's factual. That's history. Nobody denies that. But what we deny is what he claims. C.S. Lewis is, is, is explained to us there's either three things that Jesus can be. One of three things. He's crazy. He's a lunatic. He's delusional. He's a liar. He's a great deceiver and manipulator. Or he's Lord. He is who he said he was. He's God. God with us. You see, Jesus stepping into history is undeniably showing us we have a creator. And he loves us. You are loved. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. And it doesn't matter how broken you are and how you feel. You are intensely loved. You see, his coming and being God with us and becoming a baby and a child for us is to passionately communicate, I love you and you're worth it. I'm pursuing you. But even more than that, his coming shows us the gravity the gravity of our condition that he needed to die for us in our place. That the manger and the humiliation of the manger was just a foretaste and a foreshadowing of the humiliation of nakedness on a cross being crucified as a criminal. Even worse than that, being forsaken by his father in our place. Friends, with that good news, we can't merely respond to Jesus as if he's just an exhibit that we move on from. That come December 26th or January 1st, when we go back to work, when we go back to our regular everyday lives, that we just fall into the rut and we just live like Jesus is still that plastic baby doll in the manger. He's going to get pulled out next year. And we're going to celebrate him again. No. No, friends. We don't have to just move on to the next thing. He wants to be alive in you and me. Now. Jesus' disciples, after he died, they were changed people. In John 6, 
uh, chapter, excuse me, in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Let me pull that up there. The disciples were observed by spectators saying with this here, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognized they had been with Jesus. The disciples were not spectators. The spectators observed that there was something different about these guys. You see, they didn't move on. The disciples, they remained. They stayed with Jesus. They became followers of Jesus. They let Jesus rule in their lives and make them alive. And there was nothing special about them. They were uneducated, common men, common people. You see, you don't have to be anything or anybody special. You see, that's the reason Jesus came. He's because he makes you special. He believes you are the greatest thing because he came. He showed you with his love and his blood on the cross. And his disciples, they were known. They'd been with Jesus. How, how, do, people, how do people know you? How, how do you want them to know you? Will you be a spectator? Will you merely just look at Jesus as an exhibit, as something, wow, wow, that's different. Wow, that's amazing. And just move on. Will you be a spectator? Are you a spectator? Or are you a disciple? John records this in interaction with the disciples in John 6. After Jesus' teaching, many of his, uh, of his disciples, or those who claimed to be his disciples, turned back and no longer walked with him. They moved on. And Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to leave? Go away as well. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know you are the Holy One of God. Jesus is in a spectacle to be seen. He's your Lord. He's our Lord. He loves you. He wants to live in you. His disciples remained. You're going to be tempted, friends, all of us, to move on. But tonight, you have a chance to pause and make a decision and respond to Christ, His Spirit speaking to you now, of let me make you alive. I want to change you. I want to set you free. You don't have to keep being stuck in the same rut. You can love. You can forgive. You can be healed. Let me live in you. How will you respond tonight? You don't have to go back to the same way. And maybe this is the first time you realize you realize you've been a spectator. You've shown up to church. You've shown up to worship. You've been around Jesus and his people, but you've never surrendered to make him Lord. God's working in you now. Come. Let's talk. 
Or you can pray with me as I pray and transition here. But for those of you who are already followers of Jesus Christ, you can get stuck in ruts as well. Let's not merely just move on, but let's let Jesus be Lord and live in us. I have some questions for you. You know, you're all going to go home and you're going to be with your fam. You're going to have some time. You're going to open some gifts. You're going to eat some meals. I want to I wanna throw out an idea. Bear with me here. Some questions that you could ask each other around the meal or as you sit together over your time and break. In 2022, a year from now, Christmas Eve, 2022, what do you want people to say about their encounters with you? What do you want people to say about their encounters with you over the next year? Will people say, he or she's been with Jesus. I can tell. That's a discussion question. I encourage you. I challenge you. I double dog dare you. Rolling it one year from now, what do we want people to be saying about their encounters with us? And here's another question to consider as well. What do you want your journey with Jesus to look like in 2022? What do you want your journey with Jesus to look like? What's your next step? Consider these questions. Consider, friends, Jesus is God with us. He's our Lord, worthy of our worship. He's not a spectacle to be seen. He's not something where we just are inspired and filled with warmth tonight. That was a good message. And we move on. Let's live. Because he lives in us. Amen? And the worship team come back up here. I'm going to pray here. I'm going to pray, start off with, for those who maybe you realize you're a spectator and you want to be a disciple. And you want for people to see Jesus in you. If you've, not, if, you, if you've never come, pray with me. I'll start off there and then pray for us all. Holy Spirit, Jesus, I realize I am a broken person. And I'm a sinner. And I need you, Jesus. I've been a spectacle. I've been a spectator thinking you're a spectacle. I've just ridden the wave. I've just shown up and moved on. I've never surrendered. I want to surrender to you now, Jesus. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Fill me and live in me. Your way, Lord, not mine. And Father, for the rest of us, I pray, Jesus, that we would sincerely pause that we would ask ourselves these questions of, of, of how do we want people to in, encounter us and, and experience us? Who do we want people to see and encounter in us? How will we walk with you? Jesus, let us, may we be moved beyond the numbness that we're stuck in, the ruts that we just walk in, Lord Jesus. May we be alive. Fill us now, Jesus. Heal us. Set us free. We want more, God, because you offer it to us.
we surrender in your name. Amen.